0: Welcome to Predator Minute, the podcast that breaks down the 1987 action sci-fi horror classic Predator one minute at a time. I'm John Zabriskie. And I'm Jeff Glover. With us today, we have a returning guest, Patrick Zabriskie. Hello. Hi, Patrick. How are you? Pretty
1: good, John. How are you?
0: I am good. I am good. Thanks again for uh, joining the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're joining a doozy of a minute. Uh, This is minute 22 of Predator. Minute 22 opens with Moonbeam making his way across the camp and ends with Dutch making plans for a surprise party. John, I am excited for this minute. (laughs) I'm excited too. We've made it. We're at the camp. We're at the camp. We're seeing what's going
2: on in the camp. Checking it out. We're seeing what all the uh, guerrilla
0: soldiers are doing down there. They're very busy. Very busy, John. Very busy. Very busy. Um, I want to give a quick shout out to my dad's friend. Hold on. Dad, previous guest of the show, Bill Zabriskie, told me about a Vietnam veteran's perspective of combat in the jungle. And the one thing that the Vietnam vet told my dad was that you would not have binoculars in the jungle. It's, It's way too clunky, just basically useless Um, And I imagine that comes from too much stuff in the way and you're not going to find like a lot of clearings that you're looking down on like Arnold's doing here.
2: You know what though? Arnold just does his own thing. Yeah. He, he, uh, you know, he rolls to the beat of his own drum and uh, he's like, I'm going to bring binoculars (laughs) because I need to find out what the hell the gorillas are cooking in their kitchen down there. Yeah. You want to just start
0: talking about what's going on in a minute then?
2: Yeah. So let's kick things off here. So, uh... Right at the beginning of the minute we got our our extra down here our gorilla extra we decided to call Moonbeam. Moonbeam. His yeah. long flowy mane and he's uh you know strolling across the the ground. And we get camera shots just kind of going back and forth. We get a shot of Arnold and it goes back and we get a shot of the camp, Arnold and the camp. And so we see a couple things in this sequence, and the first of which is moonbeam walking. And then we get a little shot of this kind of sandbag-topped, like, gun turret, do you guys think? A little uh, a little outpost there.
0: Yeah, look, outpost. Yeah, there we go. Look out.
2: Yeah. Trying to see what it's made out of. It looks like at the top of it has sandbags all across the top. And then I can't tell. Like, the bottom almost looks like concrete or yeah. metal or something. Or brick. <laughs> Brick, perhaps, yeah.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll have a a little bit more. Uh, I'm I'm guessing like concrete blocks. We'll have a much closer view of it when Blaine and Mac, Mac! <laughs> take it over. Mac, Mac! <laughs> uh, But yeah, we'll, they'll be leaning up against it, so we'll have a little bit clearer view. But yeah, then what what does he see next, Jeff? What what does he pan right to see? So we get uh he's moves
2: from his left to right, and then we get a nice shot of the gorillas. Enjoying some nice company together, <laughs> yeah. Having having a little meal, <laughs> some camaraderie, having a little downtime. Yeah. How did you put it? You said they're having a...
0: some food and fellowship. Some food <laughs> and
1: fellowship. It, <laughs> it's interesting because they've they've got the gun turret, but they're clearly they're not expecting an ambush right then and there. So no. Kind
2: of, <laughs> no, yeah, not at all. They're right someone saying pass the butter. They're uh, yeah. I, what what does he pass? Do you notice that? Uh, one guy asks for something, he passes him. It looks like a burlap sack.
0: Yeah, uh, I had a guess of what it was, um, and then I watched a few minutes ahead, and, and it's a little bit more clear when um, <laughs> their imminent doom is rolling upon them. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, th- I think it's just like uh, tortillas in... A towel. Oh, okay. A towel of tortillas. A towel of tortillas.
2: Tortilla towel. Yeah. Tortilla towel.
0: Yeah. So we get a little.
2: Uh, we get a little shot of their their food and fellowship, and this is a pretty good sequence. It kind of goes back and forth. We get a bunch of different quick little vignettes of the camp, right? Yeah. And it kind of switches back to Arnold, and he's looking through the binoculars. And you pointed out that um, it's this is an interesting choice um, because normally with something like this, we get the classic binocular vision, right? Mm -hmm. With like the rounded edges on the screen. And here Mm -hmm. we don't. And so that must've been a choice by McTiernan.
0: Yeah. Patrick, you want to take this one? Yeah,
1: I noticed that too. Um, I think it was probably, um, he just didn't want to uh, limit the visibility um, of what he was showing in each frame that much um, when he was doing that. But I did notice that as well. It also could subtly um, indicate sort of Arnold's ability to, he just... He's that persistent. He sees that well. That just, he just—he just works. sees it all.
0: Yeah, he Is just that perceptive?
1: I—I well. I doubt that. That's probably what it was. But uh, you could read something like that into it. I Ooh, I like
2: that. that. I like it. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, he's basically a superhero, so it would not surprise me that he can just see it all. I've seen everything. Yeah. I've seen it all.
1: Does anybody? uh, One of the things that I that I've thought about, where he's sort of uh, exposed out on this log while he's watching, even when I was younger and watching this movie, I always felt like he was being a little bit bold here, sticking his head out.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Theoretically, people should be able to see him, but he's got like the lookouts. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) that's so useless.
2: Yeah, he doesn't really hesitate, does he? He just sort of sticks his head up. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, you might be a little more careful. There might be someone on lookout that, you know, has a a sniper rifle scoped in in that direction, but
1: but he's he's being bold. He's scouting things out. He's uh he's balancing being covert with being the bold leader and looking and seeing what he needs to see.
0: I've seen everything. Yeah. You know. I've seen it all. So we can mm-hmm.
1: uh, we can give Arnie that.
0: Uh, there's a, a couple things before we move on. If if we're all done talking about the beginning here. Yeah, do yeah. it. Okay, yeah, a couple things. Uh, one is this IMDb goof that that this goof listed under IMDb for this movie uh, states that he's looking through the binoculars the wrong way. And it's not I've, true, right? It's not true. It's it's it just kind of made me mad at the internet for a little bit like <laughs> ah, how Wait. dare you internet make me mad <laughs> something on the internet was not correct <laughs> <What> <laughs> the hell is Some, someone someone yeah so when i saw that i just totally had to watch this and this was like a few months ago when i w- was watching mm-hmm. this movie and looking at the goofs i was like yeah that makes okay that's a goof yeah okay that's a, a story not continuity whatever issue But then, yeah, you see that and you're looking, you're like, no, he's actually looking the right way. (laughs) Like, I've looked at binoculars myself. I know that it would be very obvious and hilarious if he was looking the wrong way. It's just the little part sticking out. Yeah, exactly. Like, (laughs) Like, oh, they're really far away. (laughs) <laughs> About 200 clicks. Yeah, hey, I'm be really far away.
1: That would be. That could be. If he, he was, was looking through it backwards, that would be a reason why he'd be sticking his head out so far.
0: Oh, they're so <laughs> far away. That's, he's like super close to the camp. He's like, oh, they're still really far away. I can hear yeah, them. How do I make these work? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, that's that's pretty silly. Because even you see it later in the minute when the camera kind of swings behind him, when we get the sad music, which we'll talk about in a second, he's clearly holding it the right way. Yeah, like you clearly. can see the little the little eye uh, lenses. Like you can see that on the other side. Yeah. Yep. So screw you, internet
0: moron on IMDb. Yeah. You're wrong. You're wrong. Mom's wrong too, for some reason. (laughs) Uh, The other thing I wanted to mention about the camp before we move um, to the up close scenes is that as Arnold's looking through the binoculars, you see a ton of dead foliage, which is your indicator Mm -hmm. that they're still in Puerto Vallarta because the Puerto Vallarta jungle scenes where they shot um, was mostly a a deciduous forest, um, at least one that experienced the seasons more dramatically, and therefore... When they're there, I think they're there like late spring or something like that or some season where the foliage is all still dead. When he's looking around, you can see that very clearly. Um, And it's going to be, uh, I think, as because we're watching this minute by minute, it's going to be a real drastic turn for us as viewers to see Mm -hmm. when, oh, now they're in Palenque on the Yucatan Peninsula. Um, Everything will be more lush and more green. But here, there's just like dead vines, dead leaves, dead trees, just lots of brown. And remember when he's crawling down the, hill in that long shot jeff last minute is that yeah. he's totally just moving through this sea of dead leaves yeah and we get a little more of that later on in this minute, <laughs> yeah. So. yeah when all his buddies just <laughs> yeah basically sprint down on their bellies <laughs>
2: yeah we'll talk about yeah. that because that's pretty funny <laughs> Um, yeah, do you think McTiernan was like, Okay, let's set up the shot, and someone was like, Uh, Mr. McTiernan, all the foliage is dead, and he's like, Fuck it, we'll do it live, we'll
1: do it live, (laughs) we'll do it live,
0: doesn't matter. Just get the shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Yeah. And the, I think, I think at that point when he was filming, he was just thinking, man, I can't wait to have a little bit more control than maybe when they had to pause for reshoots for the creature redesign and the costume redesign of the creature. Mm-hmm. I think maybe that's where he was able to leverage his power that he was gaining with the studios, sending in the dailies and them being impressed with what he had so far. Um to give yeah. them yeah. the privilege to move locations.
1: Here's a uh, speaking of the creature. Um, mm-hmm. So as I was rewatching the movie kind of up to this point, mm-hmm. uh, so, and yeah. in, in some of the preceding minutes up to this point, we saw some of the first uh, infrared shots. Yes. Uh, in, indicating mm-hmm. that the uh, uh, team is being watched. So during this scene um the preceding ones there's something to be uh keeping in the back of our minds here is that uh the predator is presumably watching um these guys do this uh do this mission and is noting how they operate noting how they move so not only is Arnold watching, yes. but the predator's watching that.
0: Yes, we, we have another a, a good killer POV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the
2: Predator is watching Arnold watching. And um,
0: in this yeah. script, a quick script aside, is that um, the Predator is watching them the whole time as they conduct their guerrilla camp raid. Um, but I really appreciate mm. the choice to make the... Um, Predator wait until after the battle has taken place. The battle, sorry, has after the route has taken place. The <laughs> <laughs> the behind the woodshed beating has taken place to actually see the Predator vision again. Because during this scene, it's it's nice to give just this moment to the team and showing what they can do.
2: Yeah, that's true. I they just kind of you get a it's it's a cool choice I think by McTiernan and the scriptwriter is like you get a little taste of the Predator. Mm-hmm leading up to this point. And then it they just put it on a shelf for a minute and we get this action sequence that's going to happen. And uh, you're right, they just leave it on its own and let it, let it stand for itself. And uh, I think that's good because then as in the audience, you almost, you don't forget, but you kind of, it goes to the back of your mm-hmm. mind um, and you just get to enjoy this action sequence. And then later on, you're like, oh yeah, that's right. There's an alien or something <laughs> out there. And uh, yeah, I kind of, I, I, I like that. I like that choice. Uh, it, it's a good way to sort of draw you in and then let you sit for a little bit and then surprise you again with it mm-hmm. later. All right. So this takes us to a little <laughs> murder.
0: Murder. A little,
2: a little bit of little violence. Murder. Yeah. Murder. Are we ready to talk about uh, our gunshots? Yeah. Let's head? talk about it. juicy squid. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. So juicy. So we get, um, I like this sequence by the way, like Dutch is kind of looking and I love how they throw in the sound effect of like a loud grunt or a yell. And then Arnold's eyes move off to his right. And yeah. And so, and so clearly something's going on. Um, and then the camera switches and we get a shot of a a gorilla soldier with a presumably an American hostage. And then we find out that it is, in fact, well, at least it's a hostage that speaks English because he says something in... in does it sound yeah, like I, Russian I, to you?
0: Yeah, I, I imagine the big guy here yep. says something in Russian. Yeah, and then we hear the, the guy yeah. go, Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yeah,
2: and uh, we get a cut back to Dutch looking at the binoculars, and then we cut back to the... Uh, have a more close-up of the uh, Soviet officer holding the prisoner by the hair and then wah, wah, pulls out his pistol and shoots
0: the poor bastard in the head. Yep. For an execution scene, this this thing is like just... I mean, he's being executed, but on top of it, it's like there's just so much just physical trauma this guy is going through before that and just... Oh, yeah, he gives him a nice kick to the chest. Yeah, nice me. kick to the chest. Yep. I mean, he's, 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 he's playing the part. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's cold, man. It's cold blooded. He doesn't even hesitate. Yeah. So it makes me wonder, what did this guy do?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, there's a lot of speculation for yeah for what what he did for what happened bof, right before this scene because Arnold's just kind of dropping right into this scene as this voyeur. Just what, what's going on? What yeah, did he you do?
2: wonder. You know, was he interrogated and didn't give anything up, so they just disposed of him? Mm-hmm. Did he try to escape and that's and they grabbed him and then just executed him? Mm-hmm. You know, I
0: don't know. Do we have any fan theories uh if I count myself as a fan, I would just say Mm-mm. that this is a CIA guy who uh, they took from the chopper and the big this big gorilla guy. um We'll just go ahead and call him a Russian or Soviet because <laughs> yeah. he looks completely different than everybody else, and we'll talk about him in just a second but uh yeah I think the this officer looking guy is trying to get some information out of this this hostage, out of this prisoner, um, knowing that he's American, knowing that he's CIA, which Right or our big leaps that we have to take because they don't say it here on the screen.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I was trying to figure that out. It's just sort of watching up through what we got and if we could safely assume he was from the chopper or not. But yeah, I agree. He probably is. Uh, probably got interrogated, probably wouldn't give up any info. I was wondering if maybe part of the reason, and this is take this with an enormous grain of salt because this would be wild, mm-hmm. uncharted fan theory territory. Right. But, I love it already <laughs> but maybe he maybe he saw the predator and maybe he went running wildly oh. in fear oh, and maybe they that. found him and maybe the real reason why he's executing him is that he's uh, thinks he's just totally insane and he's an American <laughs> so that gives him even less reason to want him alive sure uh, But that <laughs> that's, would, that's yeah. great I like that that's oh, pretty yeah. good that's, that's wildly speculative so take that with a grain of salt <laughs> That's great. I,
2: I think that's uh, very plausible. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Now, John, you mentioned uh, in your notes here uh, a a few things about the actual gunshot to the head. So we get a nice, juicy squib. Mm, Juicy squib. Yeah, it is very splattery. Yeah. Nice bit of movie magic there. Yeah. Yeah. Great movie magic. So, do you want to talk about some of the uh, practical effects behind that shot?
0: (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Um, just first off, the prop gun that Sven Oli Torson is using, and we'll, we'll go ahead. We'll <laughs> name the actual actor. Uh, oh yeah, his so, name. Yeah, yeah. Sven ole Torsen. We'll, we'll, we'll talk all about him. He's, he's basically going to own this minute, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is holding a. He's holding a Walter PP. Which is Walter PPK. This, down the line, I guess, of the same model of weapon that James Bond used, the Walter PPK that I've uh, cited yeah. in a couple episodes, and my dad pointed your, out in the your weapon dad's episode. Favorite. Yeah, my dad's yeah. favorite. Yeah. Way to go, Dad! Killing Americans <laughs> with that gun. <laughs> but, um, he's, holding a, he's holding a Walter PPK or PP, and then the people on the IMD firearms page said that this is likely held in place, or it's likely a placeholder gun. Um, that more likely Sven would be holding a Makarov PM pistol. So this is supposed to most
2: most closely resemble that that yeah. Russian
0: firearm, right? Okay. Be thinking about Russian or Soviet um, firearms, like we've been talking about, juicy squib right here. Um, when uh, Sven shoots the hostage in the head. Clearly they have this huge blood packet where the actor's head is turned an, enough away from the camera where you can't see it because that thing just bursts and it just bursts beautifully after the gunshot. You know, against yeah, the it's sandbags. It's pretty
2: perfect, it's, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
0: against the wall, it does this like, oh my gosh, like for all the things you that think go that together. They, uh, go ahead. Do you think that they
1: intentionally put those sandbags there to kind of make the blood <laughs> stand out a little bit more? I think they put
0: the sandbags yeah. there just to cushion his fall because his (laughs) hands are tied behind his back and he's like falling straight, straight over. Um,
2: that's a good point. Yeah, because it does provide a nice backdrop. Oh, You're right, Patrick. Yeah, yeah, you get a good splatter right there, and you get you 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 even see the splatter sort of hit his hair, and it sort of flies up. Yeah, so it's pretty great. It's pretty great if you
0: enjoy violence in movies. Yeah, and like yep. as his head hits the sandbag, it leaves like another just bloody trail. And it's, oh yeah, it's just falling, and and you even see some of the color of the blood against. Uh, the white sandbags and there's some white on the wall there, but it, it's interesting. So, because you would think, Oh, he's, he must be using a blank to make that sound, to make that fire. Not at all. I, I guarantee the sound one is added in post. Um, sure. It's, it's such yeah. a, such a loud pop that um, I'll have to put in an actual Walter PP sounds like when fired, but it's not going to sound like that. Um, it's right. going to sound like a lot lighter and tinnier. second like i know what i'm talking about but second for the for the flame um um, he's he's using what's called a flash paper gun uh it's (laughs) it's going to be another arrested development no i'm afraid i just blew myself (laughs) reference because um the flash paper gun is what job uses when he's performing his tricks with fireballs and such and there's one funny scene where he's at the boardroom or and I think he's maybe talking to Sally Sitwell or something like that. And then he tries the fireball and just the lighter fluid comes out and does it a couple times in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> and one of his lines becomes, But where did the lighter fluid come from?
1: Did you just squirt me with something?
2: This lighter fluid didn't put it into Flint.
0: But still, where did the lighter fluid come from? <laughs> <laughs> just playing people. And so it's like this wrist thing kind of attached. Um, you would attach it. Um, to the wrist with the gun in Sven's case here it must be what I think it's his left hand. So you can't see it, but um, it spurts this lighter fluid and he has this little the lighter fluid thing to cat to make a little flame, just like a, just, just like a little tiny bit of a flame. Um, yeah. But again, the, enough for kind of one burst. Yeah. But it is called a flash paper gun. So maybe the one I was looking online um, when I was looking that up, maybe, maybe people named it, incorrectly because i think would you really be spraying a bunch of lighter fluid and the lighter fluid you know a flame next to this guy's head when i think flash paper i guess i think of like an actual like piece of paper that you you know spontaneously combust really quickly so i could be totally wrong there Um, we know he's not using blanks because you would not be holding a a weapon with blanks in it against someone's skin because um right. blanks they're still bullets they still hold a little bit of gunpowder um and they still eject from the gun um and yeah. in fact there have been fatal accidents where people have died during filming or like in between scenes um just kind of playing around with guns loaded with blanks yeah man
2: yeah, yeah you i i think you might be right there they cuz you don't get when he fires the gun, I'm looking at, at, at it right now, mm-hmm. you don't get like a, you don't really get a flash. You know, sometimes you'll watch an action movie and especially when the weapons are are aimed towards the camera, you'll get that, that flash, that yellow flash that they oftentimes will paint in or add in post. Right. Um, but in this, you just get the blood splatter and the sound effect and that's yeah. it. Which makes me think that it, it's the actual filming. It was probably just the squib and then maybe a little mechanism to lit off some smoke and yep. uh and they add in a sound effect afterwards yeah right. if you
1: break the shot down and kind of go through it piece by piece it's interesting because blood the squib seems to break before anything else and then you see the smoke and then you yeah see it's tiny fire. right i yeah. noticed that too it's like he's snapping
0: something after he shoots or pipe it shoots in the movie it looks like he's as he's snapping it away from the guy's head. So I'm thinking maybe that's like kind of the movie yeah. magic. It's like, well, I can't snap this against his head, but if I do it quickly enough, it'll look like I'm shooting the actual gun.
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh man. I've just watched that like 10 times in a row. That poor bastard. Yeah, ah! he died every time. Yeah, <laughs> every single time. So we should talk about the man that is holding this gun Yes. and doing the firing. I did not know this until uh, you brought this up in this minute, John, but that is a, a somewhat famous stuntman, a mm-hmm. uh, slash actor slash director. <laughs> who, dude, the list of the movies he's directed, we'll get to that, but
0: that's incredible. Um Wait, he directed
2: movies. I I, th- I thought you put
0: that in your. Oh, list. I, think I think you're mixing to... up. I think you're mixing up his acting credits with the hostages directing credits. Oh, that's okay. all right. We'll cut cut that out. Sorry, cut
2: what out. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, we should talk about Sven Ole Torsen.
0: Let's do it. Is that ahead. how you say his name, Sven Ole Torsen? I believe okay. so. He's Danish, and I think the Danish pronunciation of that last name is torsens kind of like tor not for well man
2: this guy has had quite the career i knew nothing about him until we researched this for this minute Mm -hmm. and he is a he's danish no excuse me. yeah danish danish um and he is bodybuilder stuntman my favorite strongman competitor yes he was denmark's strongest man in 1983 six foot five feet tall um
0: yeah so taller than arnold right yeah yeah. i think i think arnold comes up to 510 511 uh from what i've read the accounts say that he's a lot shorter or he's shorter than he's listed on imdb right Mm. like the official things um over 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 oversize him yeah interesting yeah so john do you want to go through some of his filmography here Sure. So when I was doing the notes for this minute, I was taken aback, or I was taken aback, I was taken back to the simpler times of Predator Minute when uh, (laughs) all that we did was kind of trade back and forth what someone's credits were, because the opening of the movie has about four, four and a half minutes, no, three and a half minutes of credits, where each time a credit pops on the screen, I'm just madly researching to find out what this person is all about, what they what do they do what are they known for and Sven Olertson is not listed in the opening credits so mm. he, luckily for him he has a standalone minute and uh, that's pretty rare i think he's the only one who's going to be like that this movie because everybody else uh, featured in the movie so far and including Kevin Peter Hall and Elpadia Carrillo, were featured in the opening credits so he has his own little standalone credit minute so good mm. job Sven on wait now yeah. Uh, but Sven, Oli Torsen has 75 IMDB acting credits to his name. And that's really up there with, um, the highest, yeah, the highest number of credits for people in this movie. Um, and and, uh, uh, you put on here that
2: 15 of them are movies where he was also in the movie with Arnold
0: Schwarzenegger. Yes. he, He acted in. Wow. 15 Arnold movies. I'm just going to head, go ahead and list them real, real yeah. quick. Uh, Conan the Barbarian, Conan the Destroyer, Red Sonja, Raw Deal, Predator. And I will say one, two, three, four, four out of those <laughs> first five movies, Arnold kills him. Oh! Ah! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. The Running Man yep. with Jesse Ventura, mm. Red Heat, Twins, Total Recall, Terminator 2, Last Action Hero, directed by John McTiernan, Eraser, Jingle All The Way. Almost as many people as there were on the opening night of my smash holiday movie classic, Jingle All The Way. That's just
1: ridiculous.
0: That movie's eight years old. That man and Robin, he's the one who says, what killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. Well, not him, but Arnold said that. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that one. Ice to meet you. Um, kick some ice. Let's kick some ice. <laughs>
1: some
0: uh, oh, but God, that fucking is it. <laughs> so good! End of days, <laughs> collateral damage, and the rundown. So those fifteen are just with Arnold, which became his calling card because um, initially Arnold was his bodybuilding buddy who brought him onto the scene and kind of into Hollywood, and he really stuck around. Stick around uh, mm. for quite a while, and um, I don't remember when his last role was, but um, he's. St- I believe still acting or just a couple years out of uh, acting but he's definitely got a unique presence and talking
1: about some of the films he's been in Um, so have you guys? he (laughs) what my one of my favorite roles and this is before I actually knew who he was is in Conan the Barbarian which Mm -hmm. uh, I that movie I think has gotten a mixed response from most people but I really enjoy it Mm -hmm. Conan, what is best in life crush your enemies see them driven before you and they had a lamentation of the women. That
0: is good.
2: That is good. Um, I think it has a, a pretty it, strong cult following out
1: there. You're not alone. Yeah. Okay. He plays uh one of uh so the main villain in that movie is called Thulsa Doom. Awesome name, but he is Yeah. Uh, one of thulsa doom's main henchmen right. james earl jones uh, yeah james earl jones plays thulsa doom yeah. and, uh, plays one of his henchmen and he uh i don't think he actually says anything but he's got a pretty commanding present and i'm sure that's the case in all of his films but he's got a very commanding presence in Conan the barbarian and mm-hmm. he just looks so cool in the scenes that he's in so i've always
0: now is is conan the barbarian is that the one where he goes out Due to like a Home Alone style trap, yes, and he does. Yeah, Conan the Destroyer. They're... I think he dies in a sword fight to Arnold. But yeah, go yeah. ahead. Do you remember the? the... You're yeah, you're. Uh, so yes, yeah, so at at the end of near the end of
1: Conan the Barbarian, they're in a uh, a Stonehenge kind of burial area, and you're absolutely right that uh, a bunch of Thulsa Doom's men are going to take down uh, Conan and Conan's sidekick Sabatai. Hmm. I know this movie. (laughs) You know this movie. Conan (laughs) Minute. uh, It's Conan Minute. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) They uh, they do set up Home Alone uh, traps. I believe the actual trap that kills uh, Sven is... Uh, Hon- Conan puts a uh, helmet or something down and it's obscured such that uh, Sven's character thinks that it's actually his head that's there and he attempts to hit it and mm-hmm. in hit it trying to hit the helmet it uh, trips off a bunch of levers that cause a giant spike to swing around and stab him right in the uh, right in the stomach. Oh! Ah!
0: Oh, and just the noise wow. he makes! I uh, I was watching the death reel basically of Only Taurus, and that's how I knew that. Um, <laughs> I mean, I it know. is <laughs> it is a great death noise. Ah! Ah! If you ever played the um, the arcade game Golden Axe, that's exactly what the death sound remind me of. Because <sighs> when you kill one of the big bads in Golden Axe, he just makes this <laughs> kind of sound. <laughs> It's totally gonna drop in here during the episode, but he totally makes that one the big Home Alone spike just go rams him right through. It's so good.
1: A very, it's a very memorable death. Very memorable. And most actors would kill for having a memorable death scene.
0: Yeah, and he has he has a few of them. He has one in this movie. Uh, he. Right, it has a good one in Raw Deal where he's killed behind a bar, you know, trying to shoot at Arnold and Arnold shoots him and, and Sven turns around and his death wobble grabs like the top shelf of this bar and just pulls all these glasses and bottles down <laughs> on him. It's mm-hmm. so good. And yeah, he he said it was so hard to, to train for that death scene because he's never done one of those he's he imagined like he would just fall straight down and instead he just spinner he's being told no you have to spin around and grab this top shelf and just bring it down on you and he totally does he totally sells it
2: (laughs) i love that you compiled a list of his the names like his credits that were in movies yeah because uh, most of his parts are small he's usually dying or he plays a small role as a as a big bad or or kind of a henchman or something yeah and you you listed some of these part names and i they are fantastic so he has been credited <laughs> as tank thug russian henchman the bearded bodyguard russian officer uh, Sven, his that's own name. His
0: own name a couple of times, yeah. which is one of my favorites.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Call Sven. Uh, just mechanic, henchman, doorman, prisoner. This is my favorite. Cyborg interrogating yeah. old woman. I knew that would be
0: <laughs> From the movie Cyborg 2 with none other than Jack Palance. Tango and Cash. Dude, that's amazing. I didn't even know a Cyborg
2: 2 existed,
0: and Tango. I love the original
2: Cyborg. Cash. And the fact that Jack Palance, how did, how the fuck is Jack Palance? <laughs> Tango and Cash. And Cyborg um, 2. Uh, what? <laughs> That's insane. That's insane. That is insane. He must have needed a paycheck. Yeah. Okay. Keep, uh, keep
0: name. Keep naming
2: him. Keep going. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, the Demon, Gunman, Mob Boss's Bodyguard, uh, Terrorist Number One. <laughs> Huge man,
1: <laughs> huge man. <laughs>
2: uh, gunman at motel. Boris Paris would be king. Ooh, the tigress of Gaul.
0: Yeah. Uh, just quick aside. That's probably his longest featured scene. That's the one where he's fighting um, Russell Crowe and Gladiator. He's the retired oh, gladiator, yes. and they have the tigers on chains. He said,
1: "We who are about to die, salute you."
0: Uh, in an interview he trained for like months um to perfect that part and he was up against none other than the incredible hulk lou ferrigno for that scene Oh, wow, lou um, ferrigno yeah so he uh, plays that's that. a great scene he's actually really yeah, good in that scene really look good in that it. scene it's really memorable yeah. partly but also because of his look he has this slide down mask that looks very you know statuesque and blank yeah, yeah, as he's yeah. fighting mm-hmm. russell crowe go on go ahead go ahead um <laughs> Oregon State Prison
2: Guard on Watchtower. <laughs> Russian Hitman, Landlord, Bomb Victim, Machine Gun Mongol. Uh, that should be the title of a movie. Yeah. Uh, just Goon, Lumberjack Hit by Ball. In Dodgeball. Uh, oh, that's right. He was in Dodgeball. Good movie. Uh, laughing Raider hooded that thug be guarding hostages. That should be a movie. Um, Laughing Raider. The list goes on and on. It's really pretty great. I am very jealous of his uh, career. I wish I could list this as things I've done in movies. It's pretty great.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and I take back what I said about him being mostly featured there, the most featured in Gladiator, because he was the main villain in the, vest- the Jesse Ventura vehicle, Abraxas. Now they're sending me out to bring in Secundus, my ex-partner. <laughs> where he played the big bad name Secundus. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I win. See you soon at breakfast. Wow, I've never heard of that movie. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 laughably sci-fi and yeah, over-the-top ridiculous. But yeah, so he's he's been all over, and he has a he has a character type. Um, he's speaking Russian in this movie just briefly. You hear him kind of muttering Russian. <laughs> I think as he walks away from the executed hostage But in real life he did not speak Russian He speaks four languages Danish, English, German, and Swedish mm. Yeah, it sounds. he said something like
1: Nachivas
2: Something like that Yeah, <laughs> kind of I, I, yeah.
1: I wonder if,
0: uh, if somebody has ever translated what he said Yeah, I looked and I couldn't find anything And in this script it doesn't mention any kind of talking between the two uh, it just mentions him taking the shot, <laughs> taking the shot, and mm-hmm. walking away, just back to his own hut, his own palapa. So Sven Oli Thorsen. Yeah, um, he w- and one of the things I've talked a lot about that that this movie is really known for is they had a weight room or weight setup for everybody to get their pump on to push some iron around instead of pushing pencils. What's the matter? The CIA got you pushing
2: too many pencils? I love that they just brought it to mm-hmm. set.
0: Yeah. Work on the buys and the tries. (laughs) The buys and the tries. Increase the
1: macho-ness of the movie. Oh, (laughs) yeah. It's just...
0: (laughs) Just, yeah. People enter and just pure muscle and testosterone leave. Can't you just picture it in between takes? They're like, let's make protein
2: shakes and work on our glutes. <laughs> I,
1: I want to say that that's actually uh, that working out for these kinds of movies actually does take up a lot of your time. Cause I want to say that I remember watching an interview with, uh, Stallone about Rambo first blood part two. Oh yeah. And he was talking about getting up at three in the morning to work out and swim and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of so to keep that physique i mean those muscles don't make themselves <laughs> no they, gotta... they don't <laughs> they don't i can attest I work <laughs>
0: tirelessly <laughs> <laughs> i work really hard on not having those kinds of muscles <laughs> um, well i mean what's nice with the big difference i would say between this and rambo is that you have this team working out and they would push each other constantly and i mean they're such like alpha males they're they're just all they're always competing there's some fun stories to dive into i don't have them in front of me right now but come back another minute i guess and and share some of those but um the weight room um the point i was going to make was that sven was the one who would organize and build these mobile gyms at the at the movie sets and his quote says uh one time when we were filming predator i set up the gym as usual imagine all this is being said with a danish accent or in Danish, (laughs) and the other cast members wanted to use the gym. I wasn't hired as an instructor or anything, but when someone wanted to use the gym, I helped them settle in. So I came up with the idea that they had to pay for membership, a a bottle of Dom Perignon. Whenever the occasion required champagne, I went to my room and got 10 to 20 bottles of Dom Perignon. (laughs) Arnold was wondering, where all the bottles come from? So when I told him about it, he just smiled. (laughs) was that champagne. It was his gym, but he enjoyed the champagne with the rest of us. Uh, so I just, I just love the camaraderie extends to hey here's like right someone who's right one of the <laughs> premier bodybuilders of the yeah. '80s and and he, what's he doing he's sent up the gym he's right he's, he's running a little racket just yeah. saving up champagne bottles yeah. <laughs> I, I love that he's like hey we're gonna have champagne like hey guess where it came from you all thanks. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Let's celebrate with your
0: champagne. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sven. Sven. I feel like Sven, I know Sven. him
2: intimately now. Oh!
0: Ah! Yeah. Oh, and um, if you do speak Danish, um, he published an autobiography back in 2007, Sterkmand i Hollywood, which is Danish for strong man or Viking in Hollywood. So if you speak Danish and you know some about that, right? Let us know. <laughs> Email us. <laughs> Email us. Let us know because I look for an English version. There is not an English version. It would, it would be fun to read through some of that and all the stories he must have of being in the background of these movies and working with these figures such as Arnold and Jean Claude Van Damme, Steven Seagal. Wow, there Jack was no research, uh, English translation of his novel or of his uh, book. No, nope. not not that oh, I could wow. not that I could find. I found some gotta, forum where guys, where throw, people are talking and they're saying, yeah, yeah, it's supposed to come out in oh eight, but uh, I didn't find one hmm. from
1: oh eight. Got to throw it into a online translator and try to get the gist of it. It's it's interesting because in in a way, I mean, he's he's managed to do something that's very unique in Hollywood, where he's able to he's been able to have a multi decade career mm-hmm. and be in big films, but at the same time, uh, most people. Uh, don't know who he is so he's been able to to work in movies and work in this industry but he's also been able to retain a sense of privacy yeah um, it's that's pretty amazing and
2: uh you're right i I didn't know this guy existed until we did the research for the show and he's
1: had a very prolific career right but if you saw him on the street most people wouldn't know that so it's it's an it's a very rare niche to be in in uh or niche sorry uh, niche to be in in hollywood where you can have a career that long and and to keep working and to be in some of these big films and yet um, you still have that sense of privacy Mm -hmm. yeah It's it's kind of perfect Unfortunately, we will not have that with the success
2: of the Predator Minute podcast. So <laughs> right. Sorry to you all now, but just
0: just yeah. be prepared. Kiss your anonymity goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's um, so it's it's interesting you bring that up, Patrick. Because I'm going to backtrack in my notes here real quickly and say, hey, like we're seeing these what looks like maybe Central American campers here at the gorilla camp. And then Ole Thorsen, he stands out in many different ways. Like he's just so huge. And also he doesn't look really like the campers at all. Um, and that's because his character is meant to be a Russian advisor or a Soviet advisor for these guerrillas. So if you think about it, he's kind of like the evil version or the Soviet version of what Carl Weathers is where Dylan. he's working with the local military to Support a cause or rebel against a cause. And that's right. Exactly what he is doing, what uh, Carl Weathers is doing from the whatever government or whatever country this is, this, their government, Valverde's uh, government. So that, that's yeah. that's why he kind of stands out in a few different ways, not only his size, but also his look and his language. And you're, you're probably saying to yourself, like, oh, something's up. Like, this is playing to our, our Cold War stereotypes that Soviets are the bad guys. You need
1: people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So say good night to the bad guy. The last time you're going to see a bad guy
0: like this again, let me tell you remember that's yeah, the bad guy say, right
1: we, there we got we got our soviet bad guy again
0: yeah
1: yeah that's it's another uh, parallel with for example rambo had something similar where even though in first blood part two he's in vietnam there's a soviet advisor that gets brought in mm. right but interesting parallel between uh dylan's character and and sven or sorry yeah
0: carl weathers character and, and sven here Hmm. Interesting parallel. I never thought of it that way. Um, the I just wanted to dive into the field manual real quickly. Uh, the field manual for jungle operations from the Army, 1982. It's something I've been as a document I've been perusing and referencing um, for a lot of the minutes recently. Um. And, this minute makes uh, i i can make use of the field manual once again so thanks smooth McGroove. i really do it for the audio drop of smooth McGroove <laughs> doing his little contra acapella song uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, this section is titled types of conventional forces in the jungle it's on page 4-3 it's talking about what kinds or how the enemy is organized and it says most potential jungle enemies are infantry are infantry forces supported with artillery mortars and armored vehicles organized along the lines of soviet forces Mm. Mm. so it's mentioned right there in the jungle manual like these are the bad guys like that's the bad guy we're naming them it's like if you're reading something from World War 2 and it says the Nazis are the bad guys that's the bad guy like and it's like this field <laughs> manual like okay just just in case um, and they do extend it to really really push how bad the soviet forces could be it says these forces may also have the capability to conduct tactical air operations and nuclear biological chemical warfare that's the bad guy they may be equipped with weapons and equipment that are a generation or two older than those found in more modern armies so it's like it puts them up a peg and then it kind of knocks them down a peg (laughs) so yeah they're capable of all this but usually their stuff's a little bit you know out of circulation (laughs) (laughs) yeah so just a little heads up that People in the army in the 80s, like they're they're being told, hey, Soviets are the bad guys. That's the bad guy. They're the enemy. Once again. Once again. That's the bad guy. Say goodnight to the bad guy. So say goodnight to the bad guy. (laughs) Um, So I wonder, uh, can we talk about the hostage real fast before we move on? Of course. Sweet. So he kills the hostage. It's a, uh, normally a stuntman is what this actor plays. His name is Steve Boyum or Boyum. Um, primarily a stuntman, but he also directed some movies, such, such as, and I don't know any of these movies, but I noticed he has he has some sequelitis and some uh, rebootage. Uh, Meet yeah, the Deedles. Man,
2: this, this list of movies is <laughs> pretty incredible. Yeah. Uh,
0: Meet the Deedles. Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire. Stepsister from Planet Weird. Slapshot 2. Time That's Cop amazing. 2. Time Cop 2. Wow. Right. King Solomon's Mines, which is the reboot, not the. Really cool campy one from the eighties. Not the not the Canon Pictures one. It's not, a different one. Yeah, not not the Richard Chamberlain one, but a different uh, one. Okay. Uh, episodes from uh, quite a few different TV shows: numbers, NCIS, NCIS Los Angeles, Human Target, Hawaii Five O, the reboot, Castle. Then the TV show Lethal Weapon, the TV show Rush Hour, Ugh, <laughs> and then boy. these perform stunts in. Just tons and tons of movies. A lot of movies you've heard of, um, such as Predator. He, he must be doing some stunts later on in this movie, which is hilarious to think about. I love that idea. Mm-hmm. He's killed in one scene performing stunts in another scene. Um, so I'll we'll have to watch out for him. Um, but some things like Apocalypse Now, Beastmaster, A-Team. I mean, A-Team. It's not, it's not our last tie-in to the A-Team. Hmm. Uh, Lethal Weapon 2, Twins, Action Jackson, Days of Thunder, Thelma and Louise, Last Boy Scout, written by Shane Black, Cuffs, yeah. Lethal Weapon 3, Patriot Games, Rapid Fire, Groundhog Day. That's one of my highlights. I'm, I'm thinking like, yeah. oh, like all the stunts in Groundhog Day. Right. <laughs> uh, Drop Zone, True Lies, Sun Death. Yumi and Dupree, and my favorite from you this list. And my favorite from this list is Mr. Holland's Opus. <laughs>
1: the name of this class is Music Appreciation. I don't see you appreciating anything
0: this is such light bullshit sit down <laughs> trying to imagine what stunts he's running for <laughs> so much action in that movie like uh, Richard Dreyfuss just running away from the explosion Like, <laughs> oh my god I gotta
2: I got turn the volume down every time I watch Mr. Holland's opus there's just too much action going on <laughs> yeah it's, it's really loud <laughs> I always I always felt like Mr. Holland's opus sounded like the name of a of a porno.
0: That's cool. Huh? <laughs> no, no one else liked that joke? Fine, okay. I just wondered what is the opus in the <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> what is the opus? What
2: why is it on Mr. Holland? Where
0: does she hide it? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: that's a pretty
1: amazing list of movies, though. Um, that's it. That runs the gamut. It's all over the place. I get that's another example. I think of somebody uh, who can work, who has worked in Hollywood for a while, and not necessarily worked on the best stuff, but uh, been around, <laughs> been in, and been in things that people know.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: Find your niche and then Time Cop 2. Yeah, it's it's interesting because when you mentioned King Solomon's Mines, and this is just a small story, but I've never heard this done before and I have never heard it done since I heard it. But when that came out on TV, I actually remember this because they were advertising it on radio.
2: According to the biblical accounts, they found a place where it was said the ancestors of the ancients had buried a huge treasure trove of riches of every kind. Gold, diamonds, emeralds, rubies. This place was called a fear.
1: In Indianapolis, where I was living at the time, and Mm -hmm. every day going to being driven to school, we'd have the radio on and they would just talk about, don't miss King Solomon's Mines. And I just, I never forgot about that because I'd never heard of it. (laughs) Did you (laughs) ever watch it, Patrick? No, but I remember that. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, you missed
1: it. <laughs> now I wish I had because looking at it now, it's got Patrick Swayze in it, so that automatically makes it worth oh watching. Oh my God! What, what was the
2: time? What was the time frame? When was that a TV show? This or was two thousand
1: four. It was a television oh miniseries my. in two thousand four. But and Patrick Swayze was yeah, it in two thousand four. That's like Donnie Darko time. that yeah that's crazy yeah wow but, uh, that, but just patrick swayze being in it i mean that's makes it worth seeing as far as i'm concerned yeah absolutely oh man patrick
0: swayze i guess you'll have to just catch <laughs> king solomon's minds patrick for us and let us know how it is <laughs> okay. i'm really busy <laughs> that'll be uh, that'll be the next minute right <laughs> yeah that's the, right that's, that's right. the, the right. sequel king solomon's minds the reboot minute <laughs> and no, we couldn't
2: handle the uh the fame that we'd get for that one
0: oh my god just it'd be like exponentially expanding our fantasy <laughs> right one becomes one <laughs> <laughs> to the power of one
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> i know exponents jeff that's right learned, yeah, i learned i learned some math I was, I was
2: impressed by that well done thanks all right should we bring this to the to the end of our minute here,
0: yeah, yes. yeah. So we have an action-packed first right thirty, thirty-one, thirty-two seconds here. A lot to talk about, yeah. But how do they, how do they wrap up this minute, Jeff? What do they do?
2: Well, after the poor bastard gets shot in the head, ah! poor bastard. Uh, we, yeah, we see our we see Sven walk away and then it cuts back to Arnold looking in the binoculars and boy, is he upset. Mm-hmm. And uh, he kind of turns around and leans up against the log and, you know, looks all sad for a moment, but then he switches into like pure business mode. I feel like mm-hmm. he gets over his sadness and he's just throwing hand signals to all his buddies. Music kicks in. Tells there uh, too. Yeah. Yeah. Music kicks in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get, we get the strings. And we get the team in gear so he gives all the team members different uh, instructions as where to go
0: yeah, it makes makes me think like, you know, like where there's that stage of grieving if a family member dies, but then there's like, well, crap, there's like business to attend to, like funeral arrangements and letting everybody know and setting right. up all this stuff. Like Arnold, I think would be, or at least Dutch is, Arnold's character. Dutch would be awesome at this because, you know, he, the family member would pass away and then he'd like lower the binoculars. He'd look resigned and like kind of <laughs> sad for a moment. But then he'd be like, all right, let's round up the team. We have, you know, pallbearers. We have the... You army know. crawled into the kitchen, <laughs> in kitchen. Gra- grab the jello mold like <laughs> he's on top of it like yeah, and set up the catering like he's just, he he he'd take care of business and yeah. i mean it's it's really cool to see a character in, in a movie just so good at taking care of business. just like knowing exactly what what to do even though right you're having to improvise when you come across such a situation like well, what do we do we need to find out first and then we need to come up with the plan like immediately after i love it right and he motions to all the of the crew
2: uh, to come down the hill, and then they immediately all start <laughs> army crawling down this hill. Right. And I was secretly hoping that they would all just like start somersaulting together or something.
1: <laughs> this is another example of, uh, of something where they're going down the hill, and I was always doing the. How is nobody seeing him doing this? Going right. down the hill and rustling through. Right. And- there's not very subtle. Six
0: yeah. of them at this point, not just one, and they're not going <laughs> slow. They're like basically sliding on their bellies like, wee. No, they're like penguins in the jungle. They're just Woo! down the hill. It's
2: pretty great. It's pretty great. Yeah. Oh, did you already, so did they, you already
0: say what Dutch says? Uh, no, what does Dutch say? Uh, I, I highlighted the text here. He says, they killed one of the hostages. We move. Mac, Blaine, The Nest, Billy, Poncho, The Guard, or Guards. Oh, I can't right. tell if he's saying Guard or Guards killed one of the hostages we move mac blaine the nest billy puncho the guard. but when he says guard like, I'm thinking, who does he mean? And if you look ahead to the future minute, you find out who he means, and it only takes yeah. Billy. Poncho, when we see them disperse, we don't see Poncho go with Billy, which uh, I found that was interesting. Um, but you all, I think you mentioned the music, something I noticed when they're playing the music, it's the Predator theme, but it's just like, uh, almost like a, a, like a maraca or a shaker kind of version of the theme. It's not the, it's just yeah, The percussion part of it. Yeah, it's just the percussion part.
2: Yeah. Of it. Yeah, kind of indicates that some some tense stuff is coming up, mm-hmm. and uh, that some some action is ahead. Yeah, and yeah. So Arnold sends them off to their respective spots so that they can uh, presumably attack this gorilla camp.
0: But he doesn't tell Dylan yeah. and Dylan! Hawkins anything
2: yet. Correct. Mm. Mm. I wonder if we're going to see Moonbeam, Moonbeam. reaches. <laughs> the end of his life. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler alert. Uh, Science point to us. (laughs) 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 Send him up to heaven. (laughs) Guys with long hair never
0: last long in action. (laughs) Ah, No. Um. Just like your... Yeah, just like your your joking sidekick doesn't really last long in movies, mm, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. So we get the whole crew like somersaults down the hill or whatever, <laughs> and uh, they all kind of convene at the log here. Mm-hmm. And uh, yep, yeah, we get the dialogue, and then that's the end. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. We don't see Blaine here in this minute, which I'm super bummed about. You see him next minute as the team disperses, but even mm-hmm. then, I don't know if you see the whole team together really? in, in that next minute. Given what and, you know, uh,
1: what Blaine yeah. is carrying with him. All painless is waiting. I can't, I gotta believe that somebody
0: said, wait a minute, we can't have him crawling around the leaves with that thing. Yeah, if anybody's somersaulting down the hill like you said, Patrick, it's Blade, because he's just like, he has like that extra 100, 200 pounds of weaponry strapped to his back. (laughs) Yep, that's where...
2: Do you think they all army crawled down the hill on accident? (laughs) They were trying to walk and then all their gear just weighted them down. (laughs)
0: Change of plans, we
2: crawl... (laughs) I did not work out the buys and the tries
0: enough. <laughs> Get my work workout in. Well, golly, I don't have a ton left over for this minute. I think all I have is the script notes. The original script makes mention that as Dutch is looking around before he sees the hostage et- executed, he notices the campers all packing up their things as if they're about to leave, including some of the things that they're packing up are rocket launchers and radio equipment that look like they're taken from the downed chopper from uh many minutes ago from the snuggle shack so mm. that's that's a little bit different they
1: did mention i think because i was just watching it through they did mention that the rocket launch or the the heat seeker took out helicopter and then they were talking about oh they have heat seekers now that's pretty advanced that kind of follows a bunch up. of half house mountain boys yeah
0: heat seeker dylan Dylan, that's pretty sophisticated for a bunch of half house mountain boys yeah so well i mean if they down the chopper right there'd be no way for them to take the Right, If they hit them with the Heat Seeker, they couldn't have taken the rockets from the helicopter. So okay. they must have had that for them. And and Sven's character must have been who was coordinating the, the Strella. Um Seven rocket launcher. Mm-hmm. Oh, good point. All right.
2: So does that bring us to the end? Have we wrapped up minute number 22?
0: Uh, I think we have. Um, All right. Gosh, is there anything else, Patrick, you have for this minute? No, I think I'm good on my end. Okay. So before we find out where we can find... Carl Hungus, the expert. My name
2: is Carl been expert um,
0: We talk weekly recommends about things that we've been reading or viewing or apps we've been tapping or shoes we've been wearing or haircuts we've been having or I don't know cool do's that our hairs are done up in I don't know so I like to throw it around though see what our guest would recommend Patrick you have something to recommend before we uh, wrap up the show
1: Uh, on the lines of movies uh, I recommend uh, checking out Aquaman in a theater near you if you haven't
0: done Aquaman it's a pretty fun movie awesome awesome anything specific that we should be looking for if we're watching Aquaman the Ending
1: is the most uh, an explosive, technicolor, underwater mixture of Avatar, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, and Godzilla. Mm. So yeah. check, check that out. Jeff?
2: Yeah. Uh, okay, so I'm going to recommend two things. These are two older movies. Um, I have to talk about uh, an experience that uh, I shared with you, John, last week. Mm-hmm. We had the pleasure of uh, seeing a movie together in the movie theater at a a repertory movie theater in uh, downtown Seattle called the Cinerama. Mm -hmm. And we got to see RoboCop on the big screen. Can you fly, Bobby? So good, very good. And it was super fun. Super fun. Yeah, and I love that movie. And Robocop has always been one of my favorite movies. I think if I was to make a top 10 list of like my favorite movies of all time, it would probably be in there.
1: Mm-hmm. I've
2: always loved Robocop.
0: Drop it, that are alive, you are coming with me.
2: Um, if you ever get the chance to see it on a big screen with a crowd, please, please do that because I had such a good time. And uh, yeah, it's just, that movie is made for a crowd of people it plays to a, a full theater so well totally oh so, yeah so Robocop I know it's uh you've all seen it many times if you haven't watched it in a while watched it again you won't be disappointed nice and my second recommend is from another ex- uh screening at that same theater that I just went to <gasps> yesterday nice yeah so I went with another buddy and watched um Doctor Strange. Oh, very ooh. good,
1: gentlemen. You can't fight in here. This is the war room.
2: Very good. Yeah, and I've I have seen Doctor Strange Love, but it had been, gosh, I probably have not seen it since I was a teenager. Um, and as a teenager, a lot of what that movie is saying and doing flew right over my head. Right. You know, uh, I knew it was a famous movie at the time. I went through a phase when I was a teenager where I wanted to see as many classics and famous movies as I could. And I remember watching that one, And uh, but I don't have any memory of it from that viewing. So um, yeah, it, it's not something you can understand when you're younger. But boy, watching it now as an adult, it's uh, scary how relevant it is. It is absolutely hilarious in its satirical tone. <laughs> the performances are unbelievable. I I was blown away by Peter Sellers and uh, George C. Scott, they're so good in it. Um, and it's a Kubrick, I mean, so what, can, what you know. What can I say about Kubrick that hasn't been said before? No. But uh, yeah, Dr. Strangelove on the big screen with the crowd was also a phenomenal experience. So do it if you ever have the means. Will do. So you had yeah. Peter
0: Weller and Peter Sellers. Oh, had- yeah, I
2: did yeah, yeah. first for a minute there i thought i had mixed them up but yeah you're no, right you, i got both beaters I'll, I'll mess it up yeah. in
0: post so you say the wrong thing in the wrong <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> i like thanks batman that was the best movie be superman <laughs> Uh, I liked it
2: in the last minute how you superimposed yourself saying, <laughs> What was it? The name of a country?
0: Or what, what was it? Name <laughs> name was it was I like, said, like, I'll add that, and it says Mexico City. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah. So professional. <laughs> it was like, Mexico City. <laughs> I think just had someone else say it, just for fun. Just, All right. No, that was me. Mexico City. <laughs> yeah, Mexico City. Yeah. What
2: do you got, John? What are you recommending this week?
0: Uh, well, based on my new friend Ryan's recommendation, Ryan is who Jeff and I saw the movie Robocop with last week. I dug a little bit deeper into the show Ash versus Evil Dead. Oh, uh, Yeah. Yeah. So with the, with the ageless Bruce Campbell playing the titular Ash. Groovy. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. most everybody else on the show playing the titular Evil Dead, the Deadites. It just, it just basically continues in the universe of the Evil Dead series where where Ash is going across the land fighting Deadites. Um, And it's just, just, it's just so much blood, so much blood. It's just, it knows exactly what it is. It's, it's, does exactly what it means to do, uh, which is just kind of paint this l- lovely landscape of horror and cornball comedy. Um, hmm. Just, just yeah, beautifully brought together by Bruce Campbell. So, highly recommend that one, um, Ash vs. Evil Dead. You can find that on Netflix right now, I think the first couple seasons. And I think it actually airs on Stars. I might have that right. Or Showtime, one of those two. I'll edit that in That's
2: post. Right. <laughs> nope that's right it's on it's on stars and the first couple seasons are on netflix stars
0: there you go (laughs) yeah (laughs) add that in post stars (laughs) okay cool so now's the time of the show where we ask our guest where can we find you patrick where can we find you and i know exactly where you are you're in cleveland yep um come on down to cleveland town everyone
2: fun times in cleveland today cleveland come on down to cleveland town everyone
1: (laughs) come enjoy both of our buildings come and look at both of our buildings (laughs) (laughs) at at least we're not detroit
0: at least we're not detroit we're We're not not Detroit. detroit (laughs) <laughs> we're not detroit <laughs>
1: uh if you uh, want to find me um i do have a, a little wordpress blog where i review uh movies mostly uh, recent movies so uh find me posting movie reviews at uh, zmoviereviews.wordpress.com That's zmoviereviews.wordpress.com uh, mm-hmm. I'll come on by. I just put up a review of Bumblebee tonight. so
0: Yeah, yeah I was just looking at that. Yeah, and I didn't well, just looking at it, I clicked on the link. I haven't read it yet. But yeah, I, I've heard a lot of good things about Bumblebee, and I look forward to reading your review. It's
1: a nice little movie.
0: Definitely recommend it. Awesome. Um, so, Jeff, what are, where can people find uh, the expert, Carl Hungus?
2: my name is college been expert Oh, once again <laughs> uh i am on twitter uh capital k carl underscore capital h hungus carl hungus uh three one four on twitter uh you can find me there uh i'm on facebook i'm on uh instagram sort of i have an instagram <laughs> i have <an> instagram <laughs> i'm in my I'm in my garage podcasting. <laughs> you can find me here too.
0: <laughs>
2: all right. That's all I got. Well, yeah. thanks,
0: Carl. Hungus pie. Hey, no Appreciate problem. That. Thank you, John. All right. And if you out there, a listener, have anything to say about Sven Oli Torsen, the Danish with the muscle, I don't know. I don't have a good nickname for him. If you have a good nickname for Sven Ole Torsen, listeners, let us know at predator at gmail.com. Maybe you found the explanation of the blanks uh, a little bit off or a little bit wrong. Go ahead and let us know. I, I'd love to have some corrections and my own IMDB firearm goofs. I, I can air on the next minute. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter predator minute. And f- if oh.
2: Sven is, if, if Sven is eating a donut, could he be the Danish uh, with the Danish? He
0: could totally be the Danish with the Danish. <laughs> Yes. Oh, that makes me want to Danish now. Anybody? Okay, drop in the ba Yeah, we'll throw in a good sound effect for you, Jeff. Don't worry. All right, perfect. Okay, thanks. I live for the drops, John. I live
2: for the drops.
0: All right, good stuff. Danish with the Danish. You're welcome, everybody. Um, Yeah, but you can find us there. And for Predator Minute, I've been John Zabriskie. And I'm Jeff Glover. And I'm Patrick Zabriskie. And until next time...
2: Stick around. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Janishes.
1: (laughs) The
2: bison tries. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Don't burn your (laughs) Get out the battery.